The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. Before I turn to my guest today, I just wanted to reflect upon the last uh, two weeks or so. Since Boxing Day, actually, after Christmas, you may have been feeling some uh, blah, almost uh, Christmas hangover feeling, some gloominess, and certainly communications, not flowing comfortably and easily, misunderstandings, not making connections, and so on. And this is all to do with three significant uh, influences from the planets Mercury, Mars, and Saturn, all being in retrograde motion. Saturn is all about obstacles to overcome. Mars, the god of war, is about flare-ups and uh, people getting upset and, and angry. And Mercury is all about this uh, communication, travel, misalignments, and all that sort of stuff. So if you've been feeling that or experiencing that since uh, Boxing Day, um, it's perfectly natural and normal, and it's coming to an end, thank goodness, on Friday. On Friday, Mercury stands still and then goes forward, and it is a new moon and solar eclipse. So if you have had uh, some false starts or you haven't been able to get things moving, by next Tuesday, things should start flowing nicely again. Friday is a good opportunity, though, to spend some time in a quiet meditation to really connect to the core of your being, heal all of the disconnections that have been taking place, and then step forward out into the light beginning again next week. And now I'm delighted to welcome to the show Richard LeBlanc, who is head of the Homefulness Society in Victoria, British Columbia. And Richard is just getting going on a wonderful project that will help the people who live on the streets of Victoria and Vancouver Island. Um, Richard, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Peter. Thank you for having me on your show. So before we talk about your current project, let's talk a little bit about your background and uh, previous projects that you've been involved in, specifically working with people who live on the street. Tell us a little about your experience in the past. Yeah, and before I do that, I just want to say bring on Friday from how you open this <laughs> conversation. 
I look forward to Friday. Uh, my background, yeah, I have worked with quite a few homeless people in the past from 1998 to 2002. I'd worked with uh, 485, and uh, we, uh, a group of, of, and I had worked and developed a therapeutic community project here in Victoria, and we'd had a great success rate, 385 out of those folks had put uh, homelessness uh, behind them uh, forever. And uh, here we are 10 and 11 and 12 years later for some folks. Uh, we see continued evidence. I've, uh, I continue to um, meet up with folks who uh, had graduated from my program and now have uh, very fruitful lives. They have homes, they have spouses, they have children, they have jobs. They complain about their taxes, they complain about <laughs> their bills and... Uh, and uh, yeah, the uh, the homelessness and addictions and stuff are uh, distant memories, and uh, they live a life of gratitude though for the uh, you know the, the fork in the road that uh, was presented to them at that point and, and the direction that they chose to take. Now that sounds like a pretty high success rate. Do you know statistics for? Programs? Yeah, I do. Um, from you know having a business background of my own, I. Uh, did choose to measure from the, the outset, and uh, we did measure very closely, and 76% uh, of the graduates of our project uh, did put homelessness behind them uh, forever. Give us some uh, examples of, of, of your experience of, of why these people were on the street in the first place. Yeah, and I'll also give some perspective on the number. When I say 76% success rate, uh, research shows that uh, social agencies, generally speaking, in the Western world, hover between five and fifteen percent success rate. So it's a, it's a, a you know a night and day difference in, in wow. results. Yeah, significant. Yeah. Yeah. As far as uh, what lead, you know leads to a person uh, becoming homeless, uh, uh, certainly uh, everybody's story is unique and different, and and a thousand homeless people will, will tell you a thousand different stories, but. Generally speaking, I've, I've noticed that folks will have experienced, uh, you know, a succession of traumas, and um, and it just, you know, being kind of beat up in, in life and and uh, resourcefulness uh, being depleted so much. And so, folks, uh, for example, who have, you know, some young fellows, uh, three boys, for instance, that were, who were First Nations here in, in uh, British Columbia, and at a very young age, um, they were taken away from their homes by social agencies and. Uh, never did uh, reconnect with uh, their mother for another 15 years and were placed separately in homes and were separately told that their mother had uh, passed away. And it turns out that that was a lie and they eventually refound their mother. And uh, they were exposed to um, abuse in uh, each of the three homes and, um, you know, that compounded. They were exposed to drugs at a very, very early age and sexual abuse at very early ages. And uh, that just uh, compounded for them to, you know, feel so completely lost and unresourceful in life. And uh, they could not function in school, could not function in a job site, and uh, wound up on the streets eating out of garbage cans and dealing drugs and doing whatever they could to survive. And so when, when you are in those circumstances, how, how do you go about making the, the shift and, and creating a change to support them? Um, Great question. It's uh, you know it's important to recognize the past, but to move forward. And so I'm very deliberately uh, 
designing the programs around where do we go from here, how do we move forward, where, um, where, how do we recognize what has happened but not live there and, and put it behind us and um, you know, become uh, very aware of a creative process and a healing process and a, a process of forgiveness uh, being so crucial to transformation and, and turning lives around. One of, the, one of the ways that you do that, in fact, is to supply, or was in that time, to supply these people with jobs so they actually had money in their pocket and got some self-esteem back. In a very practical sense, yeah, to give them the skill sets and build up a resume of, uh, to demonstrate their abilities. And, but to do that in an environment that was very proactive and positive and supportive, and uh, so we, you know, our trainers and counselors and our, you know, our, our team, our administrative team, uh, being very focused on where do we go from here in a positive way, in a vocational sense of what is it going to be a career path that's going to set you up that you'll never have to uh, beg and, and steal again in your life. So tell us, give us one of the most wonderful success stories that you had. Uh, wow. <laughs> Good. Like like this part. <laughs> uh, very recently, I, I just um, uh, went to uh, Vernon, B.C. this past summer and uh, was invited. Um, I'd reconnected with uh, a lady who had graduated from our project uh, about seven or eight years ago. And through Facebook, she invited me to her wedding to a fellow who had also graduated from our project. But she did it secretly that I was the gift, her gift to her uh, new husband. My presence at the wedding was her gift. And uh, so he did not expect me, he didn't know I was coming, and I walked into uh, to the church, and um, so I uh, saw a look on his, shocked look on his face, actually. And uh, so I got to witness them at this new stage in their lives, and I got to see them with their two, they have two daughters, um, they've almost saved up enough money for a home, uh, They she is now the manager of a, a beauty salon in Vernon, and... Um, uh, he works in a local factory, and uh, the, one of the more powerful aspects of that experience is that that old lifestyle just seems such a distant memory. They, there's nothing about how they looked, act, talk, their demeanor, their dress, or anything that would hint at all that uh, they were homeless. They'd been homeless at one point in their lives. So, so how did that make you feel? Uh, you know, it was, uh, their parents were there, so, you know, I <laughs> I couldn't say that I felt like the proud parent in that kind of a way, but I, I definitely there was a, a sense of, of wow, of this is incredible. This is not just a flash in the pan kind of a result. This is a lasting result. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was great. Now, now we're talking about homeless people, but the name of the society is Homefulness. Explain that expression to us. Uh, again, that willingness and that intention, very deliberate intention of moving forward, uh, so creating homefulness uh, on the one hand is a rep representative of that, but very um, very deliberately I found myself at the early stages of wanting to create a another project, a much bigger and, and more effective project, and paying very close attention to language and uh, you know the, how we how we manifest what we say kind of thing, and uh, I. Um, and then there's that, that expression, that often repeated quote of Mother Teresa's where she says that I often get invited to anti-war rallies, I never go, but invite me to a peace rally and I'll be there. And uh, I, I was noting and paying attention to that and I sat down on my computer one day and I searched 
homelessness and homeless and, and related words and found um, that we are manifesting in our world more homelessness because we're using that kind of language. And I thought, well, what, you know, what is the antonym? What is, what is the opposite? And I found no word that felt satisfactory. And I just sort of played around with the language and I found myself creating this homefulness um, uh, moniker and I've been using it and I've noticed the, how awkward it is uh, in the beginning. It doesn't quite roll off people's tongues, but they get used to it relatively quickly. And uh, we did register our society under that name, the Creating Homefulness Society. And uh, it just sure sets a, a tone for our new organization of, of being intentional and deliberate of where do we move forward from here and uh, how do we create something new in a way of helping people transform their lives rather than uh, uh, spending a whole lot of time ending something, trying to, you know, the expression, end homelessness. Well, it just seems way too enormous a, a task for me, but how can we create something new and, and more effective seems much more inviting. Well, thank you, Richard. We're coming up to our first break, and after the break, we'll begin talking about the new and exciting project. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it it's rattle me. It's pretty scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. 
Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. And today my guest is Richard LeBlanc who is talking about the Homefulness Society. Now, Richard, I know that that previous very successful program came to an abrupt end because uh, federal funding was removed, and then you went through a bit of a dark night of the soul yourself. How did the idea of a therapeutic community on uh, a piece of land come about? Um, I took that period of time after shutting down uh, in 0102 uh, to study what you know what it is that I had done. I, I recognized that we had very different results from uh, social agencies in general, uh, but I didn't know why. And uh, so it was a great downtime to, to uh, take a, a bird's-eye view of things. And I stumbled on a, uh, a, across a, something called a therapeutic community model and realized that I'd mirrored uh, this model philosophically and, and pro, you know, from a program perspective uh, quite a bit, not exactly, but quite a bit. And philosophically, we were quite aligned, and I... Uh, they had similar results. There's a, a world-famous uh, organization in San Patriano, Italy, that has a 76% success rate, a much more larger organization. Um, but uh, the, our success rates were within uh, spitting distance. And uh, so I uh, <clears throat> set out to create um, something new, and I wanted to create something much bigger, better, faster, stronger was my expression at the time. And so in January of '07, I set out to uh, get back into the business of helping people and uh, back to service to community and back to service to humanity. And uh, we set out to create a, uh, um, a therapeutic community for the homeless uh, on Vancouver Island. So this is a huge task now to obtain a suitable property and piece of land because part of the concept is, is to work the land and grow food. And the show is called Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. So tell us about conscious co-creation. How did you achieve this miracle? <laughs> um, well, the, I'll, I'll describe the, the land and, and the property uh, uh, first, and that it's, a, it's an amazing place. Uh, it's called Woodwind Farms. Uh, it's all just under 200 acres of prime agricultural land with amazing water, uh, south-facing, some of the best soil. You can grow almost anything. The conditions are ideal. Uh, we have 16 structures um, on the property, and, uh, and there's a history, a long history of uh, being an amazing place. For the last 150 years, white people have uh, have uh, uh, done amazing things at this place. Um, and then it's part of 
a valley called the Mount Newton Valley, and, and a, there's a mountain called Mount Newton, and they have a 10,000-year First Nations history, and uh, uh, so it all comes together to be a, a, and, and re- recognized by a lot of people as an, uh, a powerful place to help people transform their lives. Uh, in the journey of acquiring uh, this property, I I, a, I did not set out specifically to acquire this uh, particular property, but in my quest to put together the most powerful resources possible to transform the greatest number of lives possible, um, people brought me in, uh, to this property and, and uh, sort of uh, linked us up. And uh, immediately when I drove up, I just knew it uh, that this was the place to be to, to help people uh, turn their lives around. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been an, it has been an amazing journey. Just tell us the the, the beautiful story of uh, Mount Newton and why it's sacred to the local First Nations people. Um, and in, in due respect to the First Nations, I'll, I'll let them. You know, there's so much more opportunity for them to, to tell their story. But it's uh, it it the mountain and the valley are recognized as healing places. They recognize it as uh, sacred. Um, Places to, to to go to um, when you're in a slow time in your life and when you're wanting to be introspective and um, uh, the waters are considered uh, sacred holy waters and healing waters in their culture um, and the uh, they they do have a story of um, a great flood and the mountain being a place of refuge uh, during the great flood and. Um, they, you know, there is some evidence apparently that uh, of where they did um, go to, to 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 be safe from the great flood. Uh, and there's a creek that uh, runs, two creeks that run through our property that have uh, a long history of being uh, paths to to safety during battles of the First Nations. And um, so we're quite honored and grateful to be uh, on this land, and we're looking for opportunities to work very closely with the First Nations to work together uh, to bring you know, their, their healing practices to help uh, uh, create even greater results for participants in our program. Wonderful. So, so give us a, an overview of, of the plan for the farm and how it will be used in this therapeutic way. Yeah, in a very practical sense, it's uh, at 193 acres, uh, we intend to turn it into an or, uh, uh, organics farm, uh, so that'll make us about 20 times bigger than the average organic farm. Um, and it'll be a place where homeless people will come uh, live either on or near the land. Uh, they will be very actively involved. They'll have their hands in the soil. They'll be out in the fresh air. Um, and it's to create a place that's polar opposite of uh, the life of a homeless person, so living on the streets, sitting on concrete, and surrounded by concrete and, and, and noise and sirens and screaming and sleeping out in the cold and wet um, to coming to a place where you eat three meals a day, uh, healthy meals a day, rather than eating out of garbage cans. And they're healthy. It's healthy food that you grew yourself. Uh, the potatoes and the carrots came from, you know, visual distance away, let alone traveling miles and miles. Uh, working outside uh, in the fresh air, uh, it's peaceful and quiet. The homeless people that have come here today have commented how quiet it is. They, they've commented, geez, there's no sirens here. Um, and being physically active uh, and feeling the healing, you know, the healing uh, and therapeutic aspects of working with the land. Every gardener will attest to how therapeutic it is to be out in their gardens. 
So I want to hold you there for a second because that's a very profound statement. There are no sirens here. I guess, again, we we, we don't always consciously realize the fact that when you live on the street downtown, you're constantly having those uh, police, ambulance, fire sirens going. And now you're out in the countryside and you may hear one every three days or something. And so it's a very different vibration and energy, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, and that was a, a comment that kind of surprised me because, I, you know, we take that kind of thing for granted. You drive downtown and maybe you see an ambulance or two and, and, and um, you, you're not realizing that that is their, a homeless person's everyday, every hour existence. Um, so, so many aspects of this farmer about creating the polar opposites of their lifestyle. So, uh, also the, another a, a, a similar um, aspect is that they get ignored, and what that does to the soul to being ignored a thousand times a day to have a thousand people a day walk by you and uh, avert their eyes, and uh, you know, a very small percentage will throw money into a hat, and extremely small percentage of people will actually uh, stop, take a moment, and. Uh, and pay attention and, and talk to the person like a like a you know a, just a, a friendly hello and look somebody in the eye uh, to go from that and as an uh, an homeless person will tell you that as difficult as the physical aspects of being homeless are uh, the loneliness of being in that place where you've fallen through every crack of society. Uh, the loneliness is actually by far the uh, the hardest part to to accept. Uh, so to go from that and be on this land where you're surrounded by physical support on the one hand is powerful, but being immersed in a community, a supportive community of people who everybody around you is there for the t- deliberate and intention, intentional uh, purpose of helping you and others transform their lives. Everybody's here for serve, to serve for others. Um, that is so powerfully uh, polar opposite to their day-to-day existence. There's a, there's a couple of very powerful things. One is we're talk, we haven't talked in detail yet, but we're talking about a relatively small number of people at any one time um, so that they will be front and center in, in those connections with the other members of the community. But this notion of people um, having their hands in the soil, um, planting the crops, harvesting the crops and then eating the food that they themselves have created must be a very powerful healing opportunity. It is, and to be sitting there with that knowledge and sitting there and looking around the table and other people are eating food that you helped to grow and knowing that the food you grew also has gone to the local community where we do sell our, intend to sell our produce to, to retail. Um, and yeah, to just sit there, and I, I know I'm anticipating folks just staring at a plate for a while and uh, having it take a while to soak in that, wow, look what I've done, look what I've created. So you must be getting some very uh, pleasing uh, feedback already. I know you haven't actually uh, got homeless people on the farm yet, but people are coming to volunteer at the farm. So what, what sort of feedback are you getting from those people who live on the streets? Uh, on the streets, we have uh, uh, such a, a tremendous uh, interest and um, willingness to hopefully be part of the program sooner than later. We have one fellow in particular who's a bit of our, our spokesperson and advocate on the streets, and uh, he, <clears throat> he has a booklet <coughs> excuse me, with over 70 uh, homeless people that have expressed a strong interest in being in the program. 
uh, about a half a dozen or so will come on typically on our Saturday work parties, and they uh, we're about we're about 25 kilometers from town, and they will have walked or bicycled or bust out here to uh, spend the day and and uh, get a feel for what this uh, farm project is like. Uh, Richard, we're so coming up to our second break, so I'm going to cut you off there, but we'll talk. <laughs> A little bit more when we come back about those work parties and what people are actually doing at the moment. Sure. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! 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 <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Spiritual Workout with host Stephen Morrison helps you go beyond the books, CDs, and the workshops you've gone to to learn spirituality. Stephen will passionately help you see which of 15 universally spiritual concepts apply to your circumstance and how. Now there's a way to help you live it every single day. Work out every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Spiritual Workout with your host, Stephen Morrison, on 7th Wave Network. A practical path to a happier, more peaceful, and richer life experience. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. Today I'm delighted to have with me Richard LeBlanc who is in the middle right now of consciously co-creating a therapeutic community on Vancouver Island. Richard, before the break, you were just talking about the work parties that you have and some of the homeless people themselves showing up to volunteer their time at the uh, farm. So tell us a bit about those work parties, what people are doing and who shows up. Uh, It's been one of the more inspirational uh, aspects of the project for me that uh, since taking possession of this uh, farm on June 1st, we've averaged 30 to 35 people coming out on Saturdays to 
literally roll up their sleeves and dive in and uh, dive into the farming work and uh, do whatever they can to help us prepare this project for the next steps. Um, we've had a high of 85 people show up on a Saturday in the summertime and in the winter in the coldest um, one of the coldest Saturdays uh, in December where we literally had ice on the, on the uh, ponds and, and puddles around here. We had uh, uh, 73 people show up, and they're diving in and they're uh, um, um, removing blackberries. They're getting uh, you know their arms, forearms, and lower legs uh, all scratched up, and they, but they have big smiles all day long. <laughs> and at the end of the day, they ask if they can come back next Saturday, and they're helping with the planning and... Uh, uh, finding tools and equipment and supplies, and uh, so you know, I'm kind of almost, in some senses, kind of sitting back and, and letting it happen and getting out of the way and letting them get to work. That's wonderful. So just tell us a little bit about the, 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 bigger, the bigger vision or the plan for the farm. For the farm itself, when it's fully functioning and you're growing the food and so on, what, what, what are you seeing as the main ingredients of the actual farming aspects of the place? Uh, it'll be a, uh, we'll have quite a diversity uh, of uh, activities and, and uh, things that will be growing and, and livestock. Uh, so out of the 200 acres, we will continue to have fields that will uh, produce organic hay for us. Now, what, I, what I'm painting for you is probably the vision um, and the, uh, the reality of the farm in, a, in about six or seven years. Uh, but we'll continue to have organic hay. We'll have... Um, Orchard, uh, we'll have fruit trees, uh, a, a perimeter um, hedge, as well as two fields uh, filled with fruit trees for a total of about 3,800 fruit trees producing a total of almost three-quarters of a million fruit. Uh, we'll have uh, berry crops, we'll have uh, organic vegetables, we'll have uh, camas fields, heritage camas fields. We will have um, a section of the northeast uh, section of our farm uh, dedicated to a therapeutic course program. Um, we'll have community gardens, uh, so inviting our neighbors uh, to a woodwind to grow their own. Uh, we'll have approximately six and a half acres uh, allocated for the local community to become involved in our project as well. We'll have a beekeeping program, um, on and on. It's, uh, in addition to restoring uh, our 16 buildings and maintaining our 16 buildings, we'll have no end of work for people around here. <laughs> But again, all of, all of this is, is, is uh, as you say, it's a very broad, diverse uh, concept, but it's also all uh, conscious. It's, it, it's all about growing the food consciously, eating the food consciously, working with the animals, with the horses, with the bees, so that not only are people recovering from whatever um, issues they've had to deal with, they're actually going to go beyond that and become conscious co-creators with spirit and with the land. Yeah, so the, the, this is the plan that we've created so far. I look forward to, um, you know, the more we have more and more volunteers. In addition to our Saturday work party, we have another 60 or so involved in pl various aspects of planning. And uh, with the participants in the program, we'll be uh, giving uh, feedback and we'll be part of, of planning the next steps as we go. So we, we all agree, all, our, our, all of our volunteers right now are agreeing that we're creating our best shot at the plans, but uh, the reality will set in when we, we start to have pro, uh, full-time participants in the program and see how it really evolves. And the land itself, and, and you know, although we've studied this um, enormously over the past two years, um, but we get lessons from the land every day telling us what we should and shouldn't be doing. Give us an example of that. 
Uh, water. <laughs> uh, it's you know the, the uh, rainy season set in, and washing water flows and, and drainage uh, throughout, and where things are, or pools are settling in, and uh, the runoffs are, and such, and so what uh, what capacities we have in the way of irrigation, and the reality is we have far more water than we could ever use. Uh, the trick is to capture it in the rainy season so that we can use it later in the uh, in the dry season. So uh, that's our, our most recent uh, invitation to solve that. So just for people who, who don't know, we're in the Pacific Northwest on Vancouver Island, just northwest of Seattle, and we have had a lot of rain in the last few weeks. We have. Um, but the neat <laughs> thing about being here is we don't have a heavy winter in terms of coldness and snow. So there are actually four unique growing seasons, uh, growing different types of food that uh, can be utilized uh, here on Vancouver Island. So uh, the opportunity to grow a lot of food is, uh, is certainly available. So Rich, Richard, now let's talk a little bit about more the, the human side of this and, and what is the, the longer-term plan, the vision for the homeless people who are going to come and, w- and work on the land. Just tell us the plan, how that's going to roll out over the next five, six years. Sure. We'll start with uh, a 12. It's a manageable number, and it's you know a number that we need to work out a lot of the bugs with, um, and can do that uh, relatively easily. Uh, we feel that the uh, the project and the work needed on this farm could uh, build up to a capacity of 96 people working this land. Um, and we think that will take about five years, four to five years, to ramp up to that number. Um, and as far as participants being in the program, we anticipate that they will uh, stay with us on this farm an average of three and a half years. So it's definitely an opportunity to really uh, learn a lot. It's an opportunity to really entrench changes to lifestyles and habits and, and ways of thinking and being in this world. Now, you, you've just mentioned uh, that you already have interest from 75 people presently on the street and the first group of 12 people from that 75 or, or, and or others, how are you going to actually select who gets to participate? Uh, we have a, uh, our therapeutic planning team. We're establishing our selection criteria, but uh, we'll, we'll work with folks from other agencies who are working frontline uh, every day with the homeless, and we'll let them know what we're looking for as our starting point at least, and uh, get feedback from them as to who are ideal candidates, and um, and leave it up to divine providence. Uh, just, you know, this whole project has been so uh, amazingly guided anyway, so I have a funny feeling the right people will arrive at the right time in the right place, um, despite our best efforts. <laughs> so you're going to allow synchronicities to play its role in how these people are selected and little things that happen, little hunches, little insights to support the people coming through who, who are, yes. need to be there. Yes. But obviously those people are also going to need other supports in their lives in terms of in their recovery from addictions and so on. So uh, how, how is that going to work? Yeah, we have, uh, we're, we're developing the programs and we have a bit of a team already coming together and we have counselors and uh, folks who might lead yoga sessions and, and such and meditation sessions, and um, they will have uh, opportunities for one-on-one as well as group counseling. And uh, the, the, the physical work itself, is being as therapeutic as it is, we do feel that uh, helping along in any other way, uh, and also involving them in recreation, uh, recreational activities. So 
they won't be farming 365 days a year, despite my 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 hopes. <laughs> People temper me down and say, "Oh, you can't actually get that from them, Richard." <laughs> So as soon as, as you say, as soon as you you have people working on the land and, and people recovering, it suddenly becomes um, a much more complex organisation to to support all the individuals and, and each, as you said earlier, will have their own individual and independent needs. So you'll you'll need to be able to pull upon an, a significant number of uh, different people to support the people on the farm. So so where is all the uh, money coming from for this? Where's the funding? Uh, we uh, we have a policy of little or no uh, government funding, or at least government funding is uh, somewhat at the bottom of our priority list. So so far, all of our funding has come from the community. Uh, we have philanthropists who have written some enormous checks, as well as um, you know uh, the local community folks donating anything from five dollars to a hundred dollars and a thousand dollars to us, uh, all adding up to paying the bills and. Um, we have received grants um, from uh, foundations and corporations, local credit unions and banks, and uh, we continue to approach them. And uh, corporate sponsorships have been proposed to us. Also, this, uh, this land and the buildings are, are amazing venues for events, uh, fundraising events and uh, social events of any kind that could generate revenue for us. So uh, we're working towards... Um, putting some life behind those and starting to generate some funds. We've had um, uh, couples come here on Saturdays wanting to take photos for their weddings uh, uh, to folks proposing uh, rock concerts of 10,000 people over four days uh, in the summertime. I've said no to that, by the way, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, land, the land told me to say no, we'll say. <laughs> and so you do communicate with the land in, in these situations? Uh, well, to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we looked at we looked at you know the impact that it would have, and we have folks working with us who have uh, very intimate um, abilities with with affinities with the land. And uh, but if there was no way to put ten thousand people on here and not have a serious impact on our our growing, um, so we haven't. Yeah, logistically, nothing nothing's been proposed that way that made any sense to us from a farming perspective. So in our decision-making for projects like that, you know, we uh, my, my criteria are does it add the vitality to the land, does it add profitability to our project, does it add and create vocational and therapeutic opportunities for the participants, and on, uh, only if we have yeses in all those categories we look seriously at a project. Yeah, great. And, and you also obviously are going with your heart and others around you who have that conscious awareness, uh, does this feel right, does it feel... This is what something we should do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we work very closely together that way and talk uh, constantly about what impacts any decisions might have and what our next turns and next uh, net, next decisions and next uh, processes and projects are. And there must be some temptations when when the the the, <laughs> the money carrot, as it were, is held out. You know, it is right, and uh, that's a, a reality of our world. Is that. Um, money kind of talks and uh so far it has not been um that difficult you know we haven't had large corporations and nor government come to us and say dangle out a carrot of a million dollars if and only if you you change your your program substantially and uh we're pretty firm and uh in our our stance of uh we won't compromise our values uh richard we've got to go to our our next break here so uh 
is Peter Sung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. This is actually the last of uh, this 13-week series, and it's interesting that we started this series off talking to Richard Flyer, who has created Conscious Community in Reno, Nevada, uh, which is essentially a virtual community with people working in the community to support organizations that already exist, somewhat different than Richard LeBlanc's community, which is going to be a very physical, present, hands-on opportunity for people to get their hands dirty and help out and support others in need. Richard, you must have this incredible vision of what this farm is going to look like in five years' time when it's humming with activity and there are 90 or so people who were previously homeless and now working the land and living close by, volunteers still supporting, and you've got counselors going on. Just just give us your your intuitive feel about what that's going to be like. Busy. 
Uh, I physically live on the farm. I, I live in the geometric center of the farm, and uh, it, you know, everywhere I look, there's work to be done. And like I said, the 16 structures and 200 acres of land, and uh, so people scattered everywhere. Um, it, it, you know, every, there'll be three, serving three meals a day to uh, about 115 people, uh, 365 days a year. There's laundry. There's um, uh, machine maintenance, there's meetings, there's counseling. Uh, the list is so long, I, I can't even sit down and physically create the list at the moment. So, let alone, uh, you know, uh, coordinate it logistically myself. So, uh, to sit back and, and uh, at some point be able to see it all happen is going to be such a dream come true. It really will. So, so, Richard, give us some um, some information how people can get involved. Obviously, local people, but even people from long distances may have ideas, things that can can support you. So, how do people uh, get involved? Make contact with you. Um, find out more about the the uh, therapeutic community. Thank you for that opportunity because it's important to uh, recognize that it is a co-creative process. Uh, so many people have played so many key and vital roles in getting this project to the stage that it's at. And the invitation to everyone uh, to contribute and find ways to help us make it uh, better, help us make it more effective to help more people uh, is, the, is my very deliberate intention. So uh, do visit our website, woodwindfarms.org. Woodwind is W-O-O-D-W-Y-N-N farms.org. You can find my phone number there. My cell phone number is right on the website. My uh, personal email address is right on the website. Uh, we'll take a look at it, study it, and uh, see how uh, you'd like to help. Fantastic. And, and it's a good website. And tell, tell us a little bit about the other supporters that you have at the sort of board level who are working with you on this project. We have Olympic athlete Silken Lumen. Um, and if you, uh, folks who might uh, know who she is or can uh, check her out on the Internet, someone who has very firsthand knowledge of what it's like to personally rebound from, uh, from a setback in life. Uh, uh, she's an Olympic rower who was in a boating accident just a few months uh, prior to uh, the Olympics, an Olympic uh, year, and uh, she recovered from a serious leg injury and uh, uh, got a bronze medal. Um, and so she's uh, a latest and uh, a powerful contribution to our board. We have uh, talent in financial and business planning and um, um, and some marketing, terrific marketing folks, Rob Reed, who's the chair, sorry, the owner of Front Runner Sports and a local uh, political candidate. And, yeah, a lot of terrific people coming together. Right. You mentioned right at the beginning about the... the the three uh, First Nations children who ended up on the street, and you talked later about the uh, First Nations' involvement in Mount Newton, the mountain right next to the land. So how do you envision the First Nations people being involved in this actual therapeutic community? My invitations uh, with the First Nations are multifold. I invite uh, representation on our board of directors. I invite that they offer up their suggestions of their healing practices to add to our therapeutic program, and I invite um, ideas and, and opportunities to showcase their culture at the land here. We have, uh, you know, some of the buildings, we have some rooms that we could easily uh, use to showcase um, their history and their current culture, um, and I invite uh, any ideas. Uh, so we're looking forward to, we, we have neighbors immediately to our south 
uh, it's Hartlett Band, um, West Coast First Nations Band, and there are six here um, on the uh, in the general area of our farm. So it's very important. It's very important statistically as well. 3.8% of our population is First Nations, whereas 26% of the homeless population are First Nations. So there's multiple multiple reasons why it's important to have them involved. Absolutely, yeah. Well, Richard, the the beautiful thing about this project is there are so many people who who work in the in the spiritual realms and and in higher consciousness um, who have all wonderful intentions, uh, but somehow never quite get the uh, grounding to create something in the real physical realm where consciousness and reality become one. So I really, really applaud you for actually getting this to, into physical existence and wish you all the very best on creating a wonderful program in the future. And I, I look forward to having you back on the show to tell us how wonderful the, the farm is fully functioning. Thank you, Peter. I want to thank you for having me on the show and let your listeners know that you have played a very active, uh, supportive role in uh, our quest for this project, and uh, I am grateful for your help. Oh, thank you very much indeed, too. Thank you so much. Yeah. Let me just give you that website again, www.woodwin, double N at the end, farms, with an S at the end, dot org, and you'll see all the information about the uh, therapeutic community there and Richard himself. As I mentioned earlier, uh, this is the last in the series, but we are beginning a, a second, uh, sorry, third series of shows uh, beginning next week. And interestingly, very closely connected with uh, this concept, I have Dr. Leo Shirashkin, who is the translator and editor of the Ringing Cedars series of books that have come out of Russia all about the young lady Anastasia who lives completely naturally in the Siberian taiga with nature, with the elements, and um, has a very powerful and strong message for us about our conscious connection to spirit. So I hope you will join me uh, in the new series of shows starting next week with Dr. Leo. And if you do have uh, anyone you would like to here interviewed on this show or any comments, please do contact us at descendingdove at gmail.com. I really enjoyed uh, today's show with Richard. It's nice to mix together the metaphysical and the physical in the project that is really going to make a difference in people's lives. So once again, I thank Richard LeBlanc for joining us today. And this is Peter Tungs for awakening to conscious co-creation, wishing you a very good week. you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring please join host peter tong for another edition of awakening to conscious creation next wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on seventh wave network